Welcome back to the In-Laws Podcast. I'm Brianne. And I'm Sophia. We're two law students who created this podcast to talk about law school, law talk, and everything in between. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at the In-Laws Pod and our law school pages at Sophinlaw and at Brianne-in-Law. Today, we thought we would take a little bit of another lighthearted episode because it's finals and it's winter break. We decided to play a little game of Would You Rather, but law school edition. So, Mm -hmm. you know, when you're listening, you can have your own answers (laughs) after we ask them, but we're going to ask each other the answer, ask each other the questions and then also answer ourselves. I'm so curious to see if we like came up with anything similar. I tried to make mine like kind of bad. (laughs) (laughs) I put like an array of them in here and we'll see which ones I choose to pick. We also, we don't know what each other. Yeah, we have no idea. (laughs) So let's just, I mean, let's just get into it. I don't want to prepare for this. Okay. My very first one is, would you rather have all closed note timed finals or all group projects with your least favorite person in each of the classes? Closed note finals. Closed note finals. (laughs) That's not even close for me. That was a quick response. <laughs> I really like, I don't fuck with group projects. I, I don't like them at all. I can't even do them successfully with like my best friend in law school. We had one together, me and my best friend in law school. And I was just like, I hate how other people think. I hate how other people work. I can't do this. I take a closer. Honestly, I, I would pick the group project but mostly because I'm like, I'm like a project ringleader. Like if there's a project, sorry, I have to be the leader. Like I'm just going to take it over. Okay, and but that's my I'm, issue with it because everyone in law school is like that. So then everyone is trying to be the leader. That's true. That's true. Mm-hmm. I don't know, but I'm, if we all have assigned parts and they, you know, they get caught up, that's on their assigned part. You know what I'm saying? We can divvy it up and make it very apparent, but I don't know. I'm like a collabby kind of person. I love a collab, even if it's with people that are, because I know my part's going to be good. Yeah. I mean, there are also like, I will say there are people in my school who are like outwardly homophobic. (laughs) (laughs) So like. Don't really want to put our names next to each other in this PowerPoint. We're just being forced to like be in a group project with them. (laughs) I do not think would go well because I, as you probably have noticed, have a really hard time controlling my mouth. Um, Get into some tussles working on that group project, this hypothetical group project. (laughs) Okay, I had a similar one, but I'm going to toss it. Okay. Because it's too similar. So would you rather only be able to use other people's outlines or make your outline completely from scratch, not being able to use others as a guide? So if we're only using other people's, we're not editing it at all. It's, It's you either take someone else's and use it unchanged or you make yours completely on your own. I think I think I'd have to do that on my own 
I don't think I could completely trust anybody else's outline. I don't think I could. Because you never know what tiny thing is going to change. Yeah, I think I'd have to make my own. (laughs) I would have to make my own too. There's no way I could use someone else's. Just like the same answer as before. Like, I don't like how other people think. And Mm -hmm. I don't trust them to have gotten things right. And especially like... (laughs) You're taking like a constitutional law based course using an old outline, real sketchy. Yeah, especially now. <laughs> especially now. Yeah, no. Also, you, not that it necessarily correlates, but you don't always know what grade that person got in that class. So, like, even if it seems like a good outline, you don't know if it was actually effective in an open, like, no exam. Like, you don't have that information. Yep. Okay. My next one is, would you rather carry everything in your hands to the classroom, like all your books, all your materials, or carry a briefcase? (laughs) I'm carrying everything in my hands. (laughs) Oh no, (laughs) there's no way, there is, I think there is one person at my school who carries a briefcase and I'm always like, huh? Why? (laughs) Also, while we're actually on this topic, I carry my books in my Telfar and Mm -hmm. and one of the Obama girls was getting like roasted. Yeah, dragged. (laughs) Dragged for carrying her books in her Telfar. And I'm like, it's a durable ass bag. Mm Mm-hmm. It's a durable bag. I stand by that. And they were lying about the price, too. They were like, look at Sasha Obama carrying her ba- her stuff in her $750 bag. Well, it is not that expensive. It's, like, not... I mean, it's it's definitely expensive, but it's, like, not expensive <laughs> for a designer bag. You know, it's not, like, yeah. a Chanel bag. Mm-hmm. It's super durable. Mm-hmm. A bunch of the attorneys at my firm use Telfars. I'm not apologizing for this. <laughs> <laughs> I will be carrying it. <laughs> I would also agree. You will never catch me carrying a briefcase. Never. Mm -mm. Nope. Even like the ones that they try to make like cute and like quote unquote feminine. They're so ugly. And impractical. Like really they are impractical. Why are they so small? Yeah. I'm just going to carry a normal tote. Be blessed. I'm going to be here with my tote and my backpack. Thank you. (laughs) Okay. Mine. Would you rather have to retake the entirety of 1L year or fail and retake the bar exam? I think, I think I'm going to go with the bar. I think I would be less disappointed in myself because it is like one giant cumulative thing than like at least six to eight classes. Yeah, I'm going to go bar. I'm going to go bar. I would also go bar, but for a different reason. And the reason is I can take the bar on my own. and. Retaking one L means dealing with 
all the new one L's. All students again, because one L's are truly like the, not to be rude, but like you're at your worst one L year. So one L's are so annoying. Yep. The stress is high. You don't know what you're doing. You have no law school life experience. Right. And I can, I can look back and be like, wow, I was fucking annoying. Mm -hmm. And everyone who is a one L right now will too. Yep. (laughs) Yep. I'd rather take ours. Like it's, it's less time, you know, like typically it's what, like 10 weeks studying ish. Yeah. Something like that. It's like 10 weeks again versus two semesters. Well, I think the thing that's hard for me when it comes to retaking the bar exam would be how like psyched out I would be. Like Mm. I think that failing the bar would really mess me up psychologically. Okay, but then would you rather like bomb the bar or would you rather have failed but have been really close? Oh my God. I feel like I'd rather bomb it because I think that if I were to fail but be really close, I might be like, oh, like I got this next time and not study as much as I need mm. to be studying. Okay. Um, because I think, oh my God, if I, if I like bombed the bar, I would for sure have a breakdown yeah. <laughs> over it in enough time to like really crack down for the February bar. And okay. I think improve. Like the utter failure would just motivate you so much. I mean, hopefully. I yeah. always say, like, if I fail the bar, like, <laughs> I don't know about this. <laughs> like, I, I really, <laughs> I think it would be good. For my personal development and my ego if I failed the bar because I've never had to deal with something like that in my life yeah. um however like academic gut punch yeah. <laughs> getting that academic gut punch at literally the last fucking stage of my academic career mm-hmm. might break me could be a depression spiral in the making Mm-hmm. yeah it, it definitely would be it definitely would be um would you rather have a professor that never cold called but no one ever participated in the discussions that they would have instead or have a professor that would call on you at least three times and like always make it around the classroom over and over and over and they're doing traditional cold call not mm-hmm. Yeah. I honestly think I'd rather them cold call. What's the reasoning? I think, I think that cold calling has stuck around so long for a reason. I think that it does genuinely help you learn. Um, Whether that's like forcing you to read and be really on top of it because we can all slack at some points in the semester and if you're in a class where that professor is gold calling that's not going to be the class you slack often but i think there's no discussion 
it like makes me angry. <laughs> it makes it like an intolerable class to sit through. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I would also agree. I'd prefer the cold calling. I feel like it, it keeps me on my toes, even if it doesn't always like make me for sure read everything that I'm supposed to have read. It at least makes me know where we're supposed to be at, you know, like at least I'm following along, even if I'm not able to read everything. So I would, I would prefer to have the cold calls too. And even in classes that cold call, like if you don't read once, it's like literally not the end of the world. Mm-hmm. Like in every single class I've had that a professor does traditional cold calling, you can literally be like, didn't read the, didn't read the assignment this week. Can you not call, call on me? And they'll be like, sure. Like before class, you mean, or like during yeah. the cold call? Uh, before class. Like, I think most of them will set like a time. Like you have to tell me at least a half an hour before class starts, but then you can just be like, listen, I didn't get to it. And I've had professors do that. Um, I remember like, I don't think it was because I didn't do the reading, but I think one day I literally forgot like my crim pro book and was like, please do not cold call me. I, I don't even have my book. <laughs> I, don't, I have my I have my notes, but I don't have my book. And that when I don't have my book in front of me, I think it really throws off my cold calls. And I don't even know why, because I typically don't even use it. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. It's That's like a right. comfort object. <laughs> it's like, you know, it's there if you need it kind of thing. Ours, most of them will just like, if they can kind of tell you're not sure what's going on, they'll give you a little help. And then after that, if you like really don't, don't get it they'll be like I'll just come back to you like another time and then ask somebody else usually mm-hmm. but not all of them have like the the clear instruction of like yes you can email me I had a bunch of those kind of professors one all year where they were like if you cannot you know be on call for whatever reason tell me before class and it was like in the syllabus but mm-hmm. now it's kind of just more like understood if you like don't know you just need to tell them you don't know Interesting. I feel like there's not much of a culture of being like, I don't know, at my school. I actually like. I think it kind of like depends on the section because second semester, um, my civil procedure professor had two sections. And in my section, nobody ever said that. They were like, oh, blah, blah, blah. They would at least give an answer. And if he was like, "Mm, not quite, can you look over here? You know, they would like keep trying. But the other section of the same Civ Pro class, they would just say, like, I don't know. I didn't read. I don't know. Skip me. <laughs> Skip me. Like, what the heck? Uh, y'all, got, y'all got balls. Y'all got gumption. Yeah. Be- I think because so many professors allow you to just, like, tell them beforehand that you didn't read and with li- literally no penalty to you, when people say, I don't know, it really pisses people off like it pisses the rest of the class off also like just try like if your textbook is there like just try just just try what's the worst that's gonna what's the worst gonna happen we'll be wrong it happens and you know what if you get a cold call wrong I promise you you will remember the right answer for the final (laughs) you will for sure Mm mm-hmm Okay. My next one. 
would you rather only drink iced coffee and iced tea for the entire semester or hot coffee and hot tea? Mm, hot coffee, hot tea. Really? Mm-hmm. Are you like a hot coffee person? Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> wow. I drink so much tea. Like, I drink so much tea. I know you drink a ton of tea. And mm-hmm. I always drink, like, well, I shouldn't say always, but if I'm drinking a cup of tea, it's typically hot tea. But I just, like, I don't know. It's, like, never do hot tea. comforting. Two, I feel like it's just what I'm used to, even though I do love iced tea. I love iced tea and I love sweet tea. Like whenever I go to the gas station, like if I'm driving home, I always get sweet tea and I get sunflower seeds. I love sunflower. Sweet tea and sunflower seeds, elite combo. Yeah, that's I when I stop at the gas station to get gas to drive home, I get it every single time. So I have like a bunch of sunflower seeds like in my like console in my car. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, I don't, I feel like I would go hot. I would definitely go iced. I almost exclusively drink iced coffee. Really? Mm-hmm. Huh. I feel like I didn't drink iced coffee until like, I don't know. When did Starbucks become a thing? Like when did Starbucks become like super hype, you know? Before I started drinking coffee. Hmm. I feel like I didn't really like tread into the iced coffee arena until like high school I feel like because my family just always makes hot coffee we're just uh I didn't drink coffee until my senior year of high school oh dang yeah so like I think I started drinking coffee right before the like peak of iced coffee um and literally like the first coffee I drank was an iced coffee Shout out my friend Shaden. He brought me an iced coffee in the morning to uh, AP Lit. I think it was AP Lit. Gosh. Okay. My next one. Would you rather retake con law with the Dobbs decision out or retake property? I'd rather retake Kama with the Dobbs decision out. Interesting. Okay. Um, first of all, I think because there are so many recent changes to abortion con law, it is not being included on exams. Oh. So, yeah. Like even my year, my professor didn't include anything about abortion on our exam because he was like, this shit's going to change in a few months. And he was right. <laughs> Did you guys still do like Griswold and everything? We read all of the cases. It just wasn't covered on the exam. Oh. Yeah. Interesting. Yep. I think I would do the same just because I actually really liked property, but I don't think I would want to retake it like in a realistic way, because I would probably get a different professor and I would not want to take property with a different professor, even though my property professor did give me my worst grade. I just wouldn't want to take it with anybody else. I'm not going to run the risk. It's a big risk with property because like a lot of property professors are bad. Mm -hmm. Or extremely particular. That's what I've noticed. Like 
every every professor has their own style and way of doing things. But property professors, I feel like, are known for doing shit each individual different way. They're all very different. Hmm. Yeah, that's a easy one for me. <laughs> right I out the gate. <laughs> Property was also my worst grade in law school. I'm not. <laughs> not feeling to get back into it. No. <laughs> I learned enough about zoning. I learned enough about freaking eminent domain. Enough. I think that it's also the class where like the rich kids are the most obnoxious. Because I think that a lot of people who are wealthy but have like socially liberal views kind of stay quiet in other classes or like are progressive when you start talking about like property rights and maybe discussing like critically how the property system is entirely based off of like our system of slavery Mm-hmm. The people who have large inheritances get really defensive. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm not dealing with that again. <laughs> yeah, we had some interesting stuff said in ours for sure. Yeah. I was like, okay, let's not do that. Let's not do that. That's that's really the class that sparked me to be like, wait, how wealthy are these people? That's mm-hmm. when I started like looking into people. <laughs> To see what is your background? Listen, it you got to do it. <laughs> okay, next one. Study solo or study in a group that is randomized. So like your teacher would randomly select the people who were in your study group. I do like small groups. But this is another one of those things where it's like, do I trust people that I don't know with my academic career? No, no, I don't. I'm sure it could be a great experience, <laughs> but I'm going to go with alone. I'm going to go with myself. <laughs> I would still take the group, I think. I think that there's a lot of benefit to studying with people who like think differently than you. And maybe even like people who you might perceive as like not as smart as you or not doing as well in the class as you. Because having to explain a concept to someone mm-hmm. for some reason is very different than explaining it to yourself. And it gets a lot. It's like the teaching thing. Teaching helps a lot. Yeah. So I feel like I would still take the group. I'd complain a lot, though. <laughs> really depends uh, what the luck of the draw is there. I know. It could be really bad. It could be really bad. I'd take the chance. I feel like a group isn't always bad, but if you don't all have the same expectations of, like, what you want to get out of it, then it can be difficult. Or, like, if you decide you want to do things a certain way, like, okay, we want to have this stuff done by this day, and then we're going to go over it, and people don't want to do that. I can make it hard. Okay. Would you rather get graded on your cold calls by your peers 
or have rank with no GPA attached published. Oh God. So I actually, I had a class where we were given essentially reviews by our classmates about our performance in the class. Um, it was my negotiations class. And because we were negotiating with other classmates, okay. the professor decided that, you know, we can all review each other, give each other like notes, essentially. Um, a lot of men called me aggressive. <laughs> a lot of men called me aggressive. Um, every negative review I had was from a man. And all of the women were positive. <laughs> so I feel like given that experience, I can kind of just like take the context of reviews and be like, fine. Like, I don't think I'd read that much into it. So I think I would take the graded on cold calls by classmates. Rather than I think for me personally, like I wouldn't care if my rank were public at my school, but I do think that it would make the overall environment much worse. Um, and I think, I think that law students at my school at least have a way of like looking out for each other. So I think if we were actually grading each other on cold calls, it would be pretty lenient. Yeah. Plus, I feel like if it's the sort of thing where you're getting graded on, like how much you understand or how good of analysis you have, which that's not usually what cold call questions are about. It's usually like, did you get the question right or not? So it's like, if you got the question right and it seemed like you knew, great. If you got the question right, but it seemed like you were unsure, like, like so on and so forth. I feel like it doesn't really matter because also like you know whether you read or not you know whether like you understood or not so I feel like it's whatever might it be a little embarrassing maybe but I don't know I, don't know. I feel like uh there could be some benefit to law students being a little more embarrassed <laughs> yeah I feel like it's it's hard because it's very evident sometimes like who's never had like a humbling moment mm -hmm. you know like, even if it's not necessarily academic, it's just, like, you can tell who just has never not been hot shit in an area. And it's, like, everybody has areas where they are not hot shit. Like, you cannot be good at everything. You cannot be perfect at everything. You cannot be the best. Yeah. Okay. I mean, as Ed and I were talking about, like, yesterday, sometimes you have to bully adults. Yeah, just a smidge. Sometimes you have to. It's it's good for them. Character building. It is. Some people weren't bullied as children, and you can always tell. <laughs> this is true. And there are a lot of people in law school who were never bullied. I think it's because they're all, like, wealthy and smart, right? Like, as much as I don't like the people who are like this, 
they are smart. Yeah. A lot of them are wealthy. So they were all, they were, they had quite a head start when it came to popularity. Okay. Would you rather law school only be two years or law school be three years, but the third year is entirely experiential? So you can do like clinics and journals at the school or like full-time internship, externship type deal. In the two-year option, are there summer classes? No. No. So just school year, two years. School year, two years. You'd still do your internship between one and 2L. But you'd graduate after 2L and just go into the bar exam and workforce. Hmm. I think I'm going to go three-year option, mostly because I think the experiential and more like transitional period is more important than like being able to work sooner. Um, I think that would mirror more like what international programs do, like in a lot of European countries and stuff like that. As far as I know, I'm sure it happens in other places, but I know it happens in a lot of European countries where they have a required like experiential year um, in like their given field. And I think that helps a lot. And I think it also reduces the pressure of like getting thrown into a career where you've had schooling that (laughs) doesn't really relate to what you're actually doing. So yeah, I'm going to go, I'm going to go for your option. I would also go the three-year option. I think for similar reasons, but especially like most people change their mind in law school about what they want to do. And if we're on a two-year plan, you would basically have to pick what you were going to do after graduation at the end of your 1L summer. Mm-hmm. That is scary. That is that very, is- very scary. Mm-mm. A lot of people, like a lot of people, are pushing like we shouldn't have a third year. We shouldn't have a third year. I just don't think it's realistic to only have two years. No. But especially if we're gonna keep law school separate, because in other places, if you're becoming a lawyer, you're becoming a lawyer, and that's what you're studying. Mm-hmm. For us, we all have bachelors to do. We have an undergrad degree to get, so it's already extra on there. I don't know. Would you rather have that system of essentially it being an undergrad degree and then you do your one-year experience rather than our system? I think I would like to have that as an option, but I think because of like the way and my mindset going into undergrad, I would have never have done that. Like I was very much like medical, Spanish-focused, I don't think in any of that time would I've ever switched to like doing a law degree, you know? So I think it wouldn't have necessarily been in the plan for me to do, but I think it would be nice to have that option for people in the future. Yeah. I think like in a way, I think that having it as an undergrad could hurt because I think a lot of people go into undergrad thinking they want to be lawyers and they change their mind. Mm -hmm. So I think an undergrad model would have a lot more people who had law degrees that were not 
practicing attorneys. Yeah. Or people that do the whole thing and they're like, eh, not going to take the bar. Like yep. who's going to stop them? Nobody. Just not even taking the bar. A concept. And I think that by giving people the time to like maybe explore some law classes in undergrad, try out different things, makes it more likely that people going to law school will actually practice. Mm -hmm. um, but. Yeah. Plus I feel like there is sort of an option because in a lot of places they do have the program where you can do three years of undergrad and then your senior year is your first year of law school. So instead of it taking seven years to get your law degree, it takes six. Do a lot of people actually have that? A lot of schools actually have that? Because I've only heard of like one that does. Like in, in the Midwest, there's a lot, but it depends on like vicinity to law schools. So there are certain undergrad schools that have the agreement with law schools. You just have to be an undergrad that's near to another undergrad that has it or your school has a law school. Interesting. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm surprised at how many of those we differed on. Yeah. <laughs> I wanted to keep mine like slightly scary. <laughs> it is scary. It's scary to think about <laughs> having to be graded on your cold calls by your classmates. On purpose. And yeah, because I know people do it anyway. There was a whole oh, scandal sure. about right. that in my school, about people grading each other's both calls. Wild. Very wild behavior. Sometimes there are just opinions that never need to be shared or documented. Correct. Your opinion on other people's cold calls is one of them. Also, some opinions that don't need to be shared. Let's talk about this trial. Yeah, Tory Lanez's trial. State v. Tory Lanez. Whatever his legal name is. Put it there. Yes, state. State v. Not Meg. Meg is not on trial here. Meg is not a party here. Nope. She will not get convicted or seen as innocent. Nope. No. God. There are... It's crazy how how many academic scholars there are in the world. It's just mind-boggling. I didn't I didn't know these people had a law degree. Right. Like who knew that all of these like commentary channels were lawyers, the way that they're talking about this trial. Especially litigators. Yeah. I didn't know there was that many of y'all out there. Criminal too. Criminal minded? Wow. Mm -hmm. No, the content that is being pushed is very, very concerning on a lot of levels. Yep. I hate any trial that gets this much publicity. Like the Johnny Depp Amber Heard trial. Yep. <laughs> oh my God. Social media was hell, like hell on earth when that shit was going on. And I'm like, none of you like actually know anything about this. Like, you can watch those recordings all you want, but I'm telling you right now, even as a law student, there are so many things that, like, I don't know. I don't have the experience to know, but there are concepts that you just don't know as a layperson. Like, you don't. I also, side note about this, 
Well, we can be like, didn't know so many of them are lawyers. Didn't know so many of them knew so much about this. I also find it extremely grimy when attorneys do cover these trials. Mm-hmm. Like, I think, I don't know. To me, I think if you're signing up to be an attorney, if you're signing up to, you know, put this faith in the court system and the jury trial, a really big part of that is like not having so much public speculation made of it that could taint a jury, but they really, they don't care. They don't care that it could have this effect or have any negative effect on anything. Yeah. I think part of my struggle is I think people need to understand when it's their place to report on things and when it's not. And I think there's also this kind of overlap, especially on the internet and especially on TikTok, where people expect you because you are in a certain genre, you're in a certain space, a certain career, where they expect you to be like the information source or like the the provider of a report on something. Mm -hmm. I'm not a journalist. I've never gone to journalism school. I'm also not a court reporter. So I'm personally not going to get online and be like, this was set in court and this means this because that's not really my place. And I also don't think it's a lot of other people's place to be doing that. Right. Like, I think, I think there is. So my, my boyfriend works in journalism and we will occasionally have this fight of like, (laughs) we had it the other day. Um, just our annual fight <laughs> about like, is there any moral way to cover high profile cases, mm-hmm. especially criminal cases? And it's like, I don't think that there is. Like, I just it's really hard to achieve. Like, I think really hard to achieve. Really, really hard to achieve. And it's, it does scare me a bit when it's a bunch of these people who <clears throat> are like solo operations. They don't have a legal team making sure what they're saying isn't defamation. They don't have like any of these protections. They don't know what they're doing. They don't understand the legal system that they're like making this commentary about. It is just like a machine for for misinformation, essentially. Yeah. I think there are there are like certain concepts that you can have the knowledge to explain. Like there's people online who are saying like, hey, listen, you guys are coming at Meg. You're saying these things about Meg. You need to understand that she is not on trial. Things like that are not what I'm talking about. Like that's okay because you're making the distinction that this is a criminal case where the prosecution, the government is making the charges against him. It's not Meg. She's not the person who is making the charges. It's the government. And the government has the burden to be proving beyond a reasonable doubt that he X, Y, Z, blah, 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 all the things that they are charging him with. And so, like, I think things like that make sense for people to be explaining because, you know, sometimes those aren't common knowledge things and people run with their narratives. But there are other things like especially witness stuff and how evidence gets brought in and all that kind of things that mm, we probably should not be explaining those things. Right. Or like even, I think if you want to explain the legal basics to people, if you want to explain like, I mean, constantly, I think in the Johnny Depp Amber Heard 
trial, people are being like, this isn't relevant. This isn't relevant because <laughs> it would be like, you know, objection, your honor relevance. Mm-hmm. Right. And people are like, this is irrelevant. And it's like, you don't understand relevant is a legal term. It has a legal definition. This is mm-hmm. for sure relevant. <laughs> yep. Term of art. Um, also, there are so many things that are the judge's discretion. So yeah. it's like, you might think this isn't relevant. You might think this is, you know, unnecessary, unnecessarily prejudicial for whatever, whatever. But if the judge doesn't agree with your random opinion, that's not how the judge is going to rule. Right. So I think like, there is benefit to having lawyers on social media that can kind of give this neutral information that can help people understand a case. But when people who are not educated at all about how a trial works are coming to like findings of fact, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, listen, if we're going to ask me my opinion on this, do I think he shot her? Yes. Do I think people, lawyers are not lawyers on social media should be saying that he, like he paid off this person to say this and this and not testify against him and blah, blah, blah. Stop. No, please stop. No, I know it can be like hard to not insert your opinion mm-hmm. on things sometimes. But especially things like this, like, we just have no control over the outcome. We simply do not. But I think what's also disheartening is to see especially celebrities who are, like, on the internet spewing random-ass things, random-ass opinions about it when it's, like, they're talking about things that aren't even necessarily being argued. And it's also very evident to me that people are not watching what's actually happening or they're not reading the court reports and I'm not gonna get on the internet and talk about what's actually happening what's actually being said during the trial if I didn't read it right and read all of I mean these are court hearings that last typically six hours a day you think someone's watching for six hours a day you think someone's reading six hours worth of like court reports before making their video, I I really, really doubt anyone is other than the people who are literally like working for news outlets. Yeah. And that's their literal job to do. Right. I mean, some people, some attorneys might have like a very special interest in it and they are doing it, but I don't know. A lot of the, a lot of the court talk just is worrisome to me. (laughs) Yeah. I also just need dusty men to shut up. Sorry. Drake, I don't want your opinion on this. Yeah, sorry, 50 Cent. Shut the fuck up. Care. Shut up. Yeah, yeah. Shut up about what people are wearing to court. Yeah, everybody up in arms over the freaking pantsuit. It's like Obama's tan suit again. Get a grip. It's a pantsuit. <laughs> yeah, what else are you supposed to wear to court? I'm sorry. <laughs> this... <laughs> It's trial level. I've seen people, I've seen people testify as witnesses in like Daisy Dukes. Like mm-hmm. she's wearing a pantsuit. Yeah. What also, you, you cannot change somebody's anatomy just because you don't like how it looks in a professional piece of clothing. Like, please. It's. 
it's, you know, all of this, it would take an, it would take an entire podcast, not an episode. It would take an entire podcast to analyze how this just intersects with how society treats black women. It would take so much. We don't have very much misogynoir vibes right now on the internet. Extremely. Mm -mm. Also, do you guys, do you guys have a suit? Do you have a suit in your closet that you would wear to court right now? Hmm. 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 Not many people do. No. Especially the people making commentary on this stuff. Yeah. Go show us your suit. What would you wear to court that you think you would get no backlash from the internet for? What do you think you could wear to court that is court appropriate that you would get no backlash for? It doesn't. The thing is, she's never going to be safe from backlash. That's what I was going to say. It does not matter what she wears. There will always, always be someone finding an issue with it. And I think, like, actually, Dominique has been talking a lot about this on her TikTok. Yeah. I DM'd her earlier and we were talking because someone like commented on her video and was like, I get your point, but can't you just make it without cursing? Yeah. That was mind blowing to me because Dominic like never curses. I curse out the wazoo. Like I. (laughs) Me too. Like. And attorneys usually do. Like attorneys. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter the setting. Attorneys also swear. Sailor's mouse. Like bad, bad. She said like two curses in that video. Yep. And, I and she them. even had like a disclaimer. She was like, I'm going to curse. Wild. Um, I curse all the time on the internet, in real life, at my big law position, like I have never, ever, ever once been criticized for cursing. Mm-hmm. And we're not going to act like that doesn't have anything to do with me being white. Treated very differently. So what are your Christmas and holiday plans now? Okay. I'm going to go home at the end of the week. And so we're kind of doing like a delayed Christmas, like one day delayed because my nephew, my brother won't have my nephew until the afternoon of the 25th. So we're going to act like the 25th is Christmas Eve and then do Christmas on the 26th so that my brother's like wife and their kids can come. Mm -hmm. Um, So we're going to do that and then probably just kind of chill after that. My mom likes to do like little holiday things during that time. So maybe we'll go to like a Christmas market or something like that, but probably just a lot of like in the house chilling. And then I'm not sure what I'm going to do for New Year's. I kind of want to go and see one of my best friends from undergrad um, and take my roommate too, because she still lives where I went to undergrad and my roommate's never been there. So I kind of want to do that, but there's nothing set in stone, but pretty much chilling, eating, hanging out type of vibe. What are you going to be doing? So uh, very much up in the air right now. Uh, 
my boyfriend tested positive for COVID on Friday. Uh, yeah. Um, so <laughs> he's still testing positive. He's still symptomatic. We were supposed to go up today, but obviously we didn't go up. Um, and even though like we live together, everything like he's been symptomatic and testing positive since Friday. It's Monday as we record this, and I am still testing negative. Dumbs. So like we might escape me getting it. And if he recovers in time for Christmas, we'll go up to Delaware for Christmas. Mm-hmm. Just celebrate with the family. But if I end up getting it, then like there will be no way we'll be in the like safe period. Right, right. People. Okay. okay. That's all for this week's episode of The In-Laws. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at The In-Laws Pod. We post these full-length episodes every Wednesday morning at 7 a.m. Eastern time. So make sure to follow and rate the podcast through whichever streaming service you're listening on. Talk to you next week. Bye. Bye.